All that surrounds you is for your utmost benefit. Your ears, your heart and the light within you are now tuned to lasers in the jungle. It is here that you will be encouraged to contemplate the magic of the music that you love. Has some of the music been transferring esoteric wisdom to within our consciousness? Why and how does it nourish and comfort us? Is it because it was made in love and is love? How come some sounds and songs make your body shiver or tingle? Are some of your favorite musicians part of an ancient divine order, a mystery school or a benevolent bloodline? The choice to know is yours. Down the rabbit hole we go. Thank you for listening to Lasers in the Jungle. And now, your host, John Wills. Welcome back to Lasers in the Jungle. It's been a little while since our last episode, so thank you for tuning back in. This episode is dedicated to Florence and the Machine. If you missed episode one, we talked about Florence and the Machine. We talked about three songs at great length. We talked about Delilah, talked about Free, and Third Eye. So please go back, check out episode one. On this episode, I've included just a few minutes for a few more songs from uh, Florence. Uh, We briefly discussed You've Got the Love, Shake It Out, Rabbit Heart, Choreomania, Ship to Wreck, and Morning Elvis. All great songs. There's so many good songs, but we covered a few more just for a few minutes, kind of speed round style. So I hope you enjoy this. I want to give a quick shout out to all the whirling dervishes out there, all the twirlers, spinners. I was reminded of those beautiful dancers when I was listening or studying Choreomania. I've seen them move at all the shows I've ever been to. And now I know what they're doing. They're really, really connecting with Source. And if you don't know a lot about whirling dervishing, check it out, study it, and uh, look into the history of Choreomania. It's fascinating. So when we think about symbolism and symbolic literacy, it's really, it's impossible to ignore the visuals related to the music. The poetry, the sounds, the rhythms and the beats, they're always accompanied with visual art. The visuals are represented in the album artwork, music posters, maybe the band's stagecraft, the wardrobe, and the music videos. I want to read a quote from Bruno Berard. Actually, it's from Gene Barella, and he wrote a book about, or Bruno Berard wrote a book about Gene Barella. It says here, the symbol activates thought. The symbol not only gives food for thought, but even endows thought with its very self. It reveals reality, and indeed, it is the notion of the symbol which lets us think the notion of reality. On the last episode, Mario did a great job of talking about symbolism and how important it is. We've talked about it on other episodes. That's the whole point of trying to learn about the unseen is to get symbolically literate. So thank you, Mario, for being on this episode again. Mario, in just a minute, right after I'm done here, he's going to come on. He shares 
a decode of the artwork from Dance Fever. Autumn DeWild's a photographer, she's a director, and her imagery and work is on full display on the and a lot of Florence's work, but definitely on Dance Fever. If you don't know who Autumn DeWild is, you should uh, get familiar with her artwork. You probably already are, you just don't know it. She's incredible, and she's very much symbolically literate. And it's fun to observe her music videos and her photography. So special thanks to Mario and Symbolic Studies for this contribution to Lasers in the Jungle. This is the artwork for Dance Fever by Florence and the Machine. It features Florence Welch, draped in red and gold, standing in front of a brilliant full moon, which acts as something of a halo. Red implies passion and a fiery nature, both of which describe the artist. Gold, on the other hand, represents good fortune and prestige, like that of a king. Florence subtly embraces herself and has a gaze that implies an inner reflection. She's surrounded by other natural elements, notably branches with thorns and a moth. Thorns are well known for representing protection and boundaries, themes implied throughout the album. And moths are often associated with transformation, not unlike that of the ever-changing moon. The full moon appears warmer than usual, indicating a harvest or blood moon. Symbolically, the harvest moon is associated with harvest season, representing abundance, fertility, and the reaping of crops. The blood moon, on the other hand, is the result of a total lunar eclipse, where the moon appears reddish or coppery in color. Several cultures believe the blood moon was an omen associated with the overthrow of the king, which is fascinating given the album's single titled King when Florence proclaims, I am king. The album's title, Dance Fever, is a reference to the infamous dancing plagues of the Middle Ages. During this time, spontaneous dancing would erupt uncontrollably and would often last until complete exhaustion or even death. In the song Choreomania, Florence sings, I just kept spinning and I danced myself to death. The full moon has long been associated with the divine feminine and with transforming people in beautiful and disturbing ways. The association with the moon changing people was a popular enough belief that over time the words lunacy and lunatic derived from the word lunar and indicated someone who is moonstruck or affected by the moon's energy. Florence acknowledges the feminine power of transformation when she sings, but a woman is a changeling, always shifting shape. Just when you think you have it figured out, something new begins to take. Hello. Lasers in the Jungle requires your participation. If you are driving or busy with another task as you hear my voice, it is very important that you press pause. When you hear the sound of the golden harp, that is your cue to prepare your mind for a listening experience. Consider the garden of your mind. Is the soil hard and impervious? Or is it rocky, busy and burdened? When the soil in the garden of your mind is well prepared, rested and still, then and only then should you listen to the music. The music should be played at maximum volume and accompanied with adequate review and study of the lyrics. Once you have received and listened to the music, come back and join this episode. Thank you.
like throwing my hands up in the air. I know that I can count on you. That's the first few lines, first line of that whole song. You've got the love. What about you guys? You guys like you got the love? Oh my goodness, it's amazing. It's just amazing. loved it. Felt like a love. It's just another. It had actually less tension than this one that we just did. It really just was just felt like a total love song to me. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it is just that. It is just a beautiful love song to God, and she doesn't even really hide it that much you know like we talked about it in the pilot episode how they can't necessarily be super overt when speaking about and talking about these kind of things and god isn't one of those things that's usually allowed by the industry but she says it pretty pretty clearly of just you've got the love (laughs) you've got the love so what else is there to do but to acknowledge you and and just to come back to you and when the world seems too heavy and I'm getting too wrapped up into it just to come back to that space of peace and tranquility that you always provide. So yeah, it's perfect. How about shake it out? Shake it out. I mean, the video is crazy. Good. I know that's a crazy Highly video. Recommend. Isn't? Yeah, it's a crazy video for sure. To uh, show the juxtaposition of moving from this graceless state uh, into the rapture, into freedom, into truth, you know, God light. I was uh, surprised. Again, I hadn't seen any of her videos and I was pretty surprised to see this, but I felt like it was a it had a really triumphant tone to the music and that was really moving to me and piqued my curiosity. Again, I was kind of looking at the time period of when it was produced, etc. It was quite an interesting video. If you, if anyone who's listening hasn't gone and watched the video, I highly recommend it. How about you, Justin? Yeah, I'd agree. It's about acknowledging the darkness that we've fallen into acknowledging the cabal and the controllers or the used to be controllers of this world and how they spun us into this these wicked ways but within the song it very much it doesn't necessarily just blame something else it, it acknowledges that you know i mean it talks about the devil on our back but it's acknowledging how we invited then it and the, the video kind of goes along with this. We were the ones who, you know, were into the parties and the debauchery and the hedonism and, and all these different ways that led us away from our divinity. So we've got to acknowledge that we fell to that space and then we gotta shake it out. We gotta shake them off. We gotta get past that space and not only shed the sort of satanic rulers of this space, but also the the aspects within ourselves that are drawn to those kind of ways. You know, it's time to rise. It's time to move past all of that. Yeah, I, I shake it out. You know, 
it's always darkest before the dawn and um it's hard to dance with the devil on your back i mean it's just it's a great song yeah the gilded mask how she's wearing mask and puts it on herself you know and then takes it off it's just one thing that i saw this tone that kind of runs through all of these is this again this idea of like my accountability within this i see her taking accountability in a way that's so refreshing and and really model such sovereignty it's really quite relatable you know to me uh, as a woman and you know just as a being on, on the earth that um you know sort of jolts me in a way to like wake up or or uh, yeah do better be better and not feel like it's a chore like feel like there's movement, you know, much like a gospel song feels. It's like, okay, we, we got this. We can, we can do this. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's, so uh, let's move on. Let's go to Rabbit Heart. I had here on Rabbit Heart, I love this last line about Midas. Midas is king and he holds me so tight and turns me to gold in the sunlight. This whole song, Rabbit Heart, I don't really love, I shouldn't say, I love the lyrics of this song. The song, it's good, but man, this is a well-written song. I, I mean, the lyrics are really, really fun to read. Anyway, the last line is my favorite. How about you guys? The first lines of the songs about our fall, the looking glass so shiny and new, how quickly the glamour fades, I start spinning, slipping out of time, into time, really. Was that the wrong pill to take? And so this is like uh, Alice in Wonderland. You know, this is this is taking the blue pill, falling into, falling down the the rabbit hole. You know, falling into the world, falling into the illusion, the looking glass so shiny and new, which is our pineal, and and that's a, that's our connection with God. And when we start to lose sight of this process, then we fall into this experience, and we can kind of lose ourselves in it. But this is just a call to action to raise it up, you know, to acknowledge Midas within, which is the alchemist, which is transmuting lead into gold, which is what we all are. Naturally, we are alchemists. And so it's to remember this part of us to transmute this. And so this is all about Christ rising within and the choice to rise or to fall. Mm -hmm. So it's a very well-written song, very, very deep. I love there's like this, this period of, of, the burial of herself, you know, and this sort of reality that she's moving from being this, um, the rabbit heart, you know, this like quick moving, living in fear, that survival mode reality into this other energy. She understands and must move forward and out of that old way that left that left brain way of being right into this lion-hearted girl this strong having this deep strength because as we all know and are are finding out if we don't already know it very intimately like this is the ultimate strength right to break free from those things and 
break free from the lies and, you know, this golden light filled vessel. And again, yeah, this tune, I agree, John, like the tune moved me a little bit less than some of the other songs that we've talked about, but the lyrics was just on point. The lyrics were amazing. And, you know, just like you could take these lyrics from rabbit heart and, you know, meditate on them for quite a long time and have some, really deep soul searching go on <laughs> i totally agree I, I, it's such a good well-written song well let's do uh choreomania Talk about a dance song. What an interesting song. I don't know if you guys looked into the history of that song. <laughs> but uh, it makes me want to go down that rabbit hole and figure out why those people were dancing in the streets way back then. But that's probably a different conversation for a different time. We'll stick to this song, Choreomania. My favorite verse in here is the she's talking about rock and roll and how it's, you know, image. She says, you said that rock and roll is dead, but that's just because it's not been resurrected in your image. Like if Jesus came back, but in a beautiful dress and all the evangelicals were like, oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. And so she's a little, you know, Bob Dylan, I just compared, I'm about to compare Bob Dylan and Florence Welsh. He does the same thing. Real quick witted, always delivering some harsh truths, but in a really funny way, lighthearted way that, wow, I, I guess I can laugh at myself kind of thing. That's so true. And anyway, it's just, it's a cool line. It's a great song. What a fun song to listen to. And again, dance to Choreomania. And that's one of the songs off Dance Fever, by the way. Great, great song. I was moved with the tempo and the beat of it. It was, you know, a different uh, beats per minute for sure than her other work. And I was kind of surprised uh, at that more recent. Right. But um, I felt like it was hypnotizing in, in a bit of a good way and a, a way of uh, moving energy through the body at that faster beats per minute, which can be very helpful if it's done in a conscious way. Right. Really, really hit me. And, yeah, that was one of my favorite lines too. this idea of resurrecting, you know, in a way it could be seen as almost egotistical, right? This like, oh, well, who are you to say that that rock and roll is dead, right? And here comes this woman born in 86 coming and saying like, hey, we just need, this is a resurrection and, and that each moment is resurrection, right? Like, if we keep living life on, on the right side, th that's how it's always going to be in the now. Yeah. Well, I, I saw a lot of reference to 
samsara, which is the wheel of karma or the wheel of death. And this is this sort of repetitive pattern that we get stuck on when we don't realize who we are and we don't follow this Christed path in this way. So I don't know how it started. I don't know how to stop it. Suddenly I'm dancing to imaginary music. You know, we've fallen into the world of illusion. And so she just says, I, I just kept spinning and I danced myself to death. And this is this death wheel. So I actually see the, the line, you said that rock and roll is dead. The sort of the higher meaning behind it of rock and roll is really roll the rock, which is rolling back the fornix, which is this alchemical process within ourselves. And so you said that rock and roll is dead, but is that just because it has not been resurrected in your image? So when we're always putting it onto Jesus or some other character as if they're the only ones that can go through this ascension process and we're not acknowledging it within ourselves, then of course rolling the rock will be dead and we'll be dead. We'll go, we'll go on the wheel and we'll do it again until, until we get it right. Like if Jesus came back but in a beautiful dress... And all the evangelicals were like, oh, yes, you know, this is, this is just <laughs> continually placing your eye on something outside of you instead of acknowledging that this is something within all of us. And so until we do, we're just going to keep spinning and dancing ourselves to death. So that's what I saw in it. I can totally relate to this song. If you are in your midlife, wrap myself. I can't help but pull the earth around me to make my bed. I mean, that that's what we talked about last week, Justin. Like, man, you gotta you gotta go to the mother. You gotta go find seek her. Pull the earth around you to make your bed. Absolutely. And this song's about the maritime admiralty laws and the illusions of the world and being on the water which is where the pirates rule. So did I build a ship to wreck? Have I been drift, a lost drift at sea? And so then it paints that powerful image. I can't help but pull the earth around me to make my bed because that's where we have to come back to is this grounded space, grounding ourselves into the mother, grounding ourselves into the protection that she provides so that we're not lost on the waters, the tumultuous, dangerous waters. And we begin to walk on the waters, you know, the ship to wreck. This is acknowledging, I mean, this is kind of sort of contemplating the, the life experience of, of the challenge that it provides, you know, you know, like, did I drink too much? Am I losing touch? This is all about the temptations of falling into this physical experience and, and not honoring and cherishing what we're here to do to build that strength and that foundation so that we can weather these storms. And if we don't, then we lose ourselves to it. So good God, under starless skies, we are lost and into the breach. We get tossed and the water is coming in fast. You know, so these are just visceral images of how tumultuous it can be if we don't build our ship, our, our, our vessel, our body in a grounded way with that solid foundation. Otherwise, we're lost to the pirates of the sea. Yeah, it's so true. And also, 
again, the video on this one is so interesting because she actually starts in the same place. I don't know, you guys probably saw this, that it ends. She's on the floor sort of at the threshold between two rooms and in a pretty chaotic, you know, um, <laughs> situation <laughs> that's going on around her, just crammed full, you know, the just a lot of stuff in the space and sort of a, a general kind of feeling of rundownedness and just a lot of things. It just, it really reminded me of, yeah, this, um, it's happening everywhere, but especially Americans and sort of how they feel. They just have so much stuff and racks of clothing, closets full of clothing, etc. And it was so circuitous, but it really did show that so well. I, I do appreciate that about the maritime reality and this, where is the ship going and can we turn the ship around, you know? And I, I felt like it came, kind of came full circle in the video of her coming back to this place where it started after oh, there was all this tension and movement between her and the other energies in the video. So I, another good one. <laughs> Loved it. Yeah, I think I remember hearing or reading that the uh, that was filmed in her personal residence. So that's kind of an intimate look at her. Yeah, I felt like it. It possibly was. And I wondered, there was like a little bit of intuitive hit of feeling like maybe she had known uh, the way she lives and maybe knew that maybe there was some chaos, a, a bit of chaos in her life. So then when I kind of, I thought, oh, I want to know a little bit more about her when I looked at her design. Yeah, she had a, I think it was a grandmother who was bipolar and it does sound like there was a lot of kind, a lot of chaos in her reality. And in, in human design, looks like if I rectified the chart correctly, it looks like we're we're working with somebody who's the role model. So they often have a ton of chaos up until about fifty, and then they move forward from that kind of coming out the other side. And it, I feel like a lot of her work really speaks to that energy. And I've seen that kind of grittiness and sort of that chaotic stuff feeling in quite a few of the videos. I think she knows it intimately. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, let's do Morning Elvis, and then we're going to uh, do our last song. Make it to And that line, the bathroom tiles were cool against my head. I pressed my forehead to the floor and prayed for a trap door. That bathroom tiles were cool against my head. I mean, everyone's felt that feeling. Everyone has put their head against the tiles of the bathroom in a moment of what, exhaustion or despair or worry. And it's just, it's just, I don't know, that, that, that that's out that that's something there she's taking a sensory feeling and making it really really like i know exactly what that feels like and now i've got this song to kind of bring me 
bring me along with that feeling. And it's just a, it's so different than some of her other songs. And it, I love it. It's the last song on Dance Favorite. It's a good way to end, I think, uh, an incredible record. Did you guys like Morning Elvis? Justin, I figured you'd like it being from Tennessee. You wouldn't mind some references to Graceland, huh? Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was beautiful. I, I mean, I, growing up in Memphis, and it, it very much touched the home. Just hearing references to this, but as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, you know, this song really it touches on a lot of emotions of what these artists go through with the passions and what this calls them to do. You know, which is to bring these messages out to feel the call. You know, she talks about the songs being like children waiting to be born. This is a big part of her her calling. You know, this is what she's called to do. But the call, it always comes in the songs like children begging to be born. But throughout the song, she's just talking about the struggles of going out on stage and the struggles of doing this and being in this in the spotlight and being under the pressures. And you can feel it. You can feel it's a very emotional song. And so it really does show the, the sort of sacrifice that is made through this. But I love the references to Graceland. And so Graceland is this space beyond. It's this sort of like reprieve of having played your, your final show and to walk out and then to not have to feel these pressures anymore. Mm-hmm. But she acknowledges her role in continuing to do it in this moment to take, to embrace the challenge and to go out and do it because she loves us. I mean, truly, she loves us, and that's why she wants to do it, and she wants to acknowledge this creation within her. You know, this is a calling that she cannot avoid. She's answered the call, and that's God moving through her. So, I mean, the whole song is is very powerful. Um, I I love it, too. I think it's just, it's beautiful. Every bit of it is. Yeah, the godly energy that moves through her voice and the other female that sings with her, um, it's just so beautiful. It, it really is so powerful. And for me, I kind of was reading like all the, 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 the other parts of it, that samsara wheel, you know, what it takes to have to participate. But then that when she gets out on the stage, it's like, if I make it to the stage, I'll show you what it means to be spared. And so for me, it felt like this, as we see with, other amazing creators when they get in that alignment and it's that space just moves right through them and they have been spared, you know, they, they were spared from all of the other minutia that they have to live through to get to that point. And then when it's that kind of golden moment, you know, where that alignment comes, then it's like, I was spared. Look, I got to come here and I got to share this creation with all of you. Right. And, and then at a deeper level that that's happening for each of us. Yes. We can relate to all of the hardship and the, you know, the samsara-ness of dealing with all of the details of everything and not even being sure if you can just sequester and manage the energy enough to create that. And again, back to human design, this is very common for generator. They'll get very depleted and, you know, things that they'll start will be hard to finish because it kind of grinds to a halt. And, but when they move out of that sort of crazy making samsara aspect of it, 
they move out onto the stage, they move into this place where it's just pure godly energy moving through them, out of them, around them, then that's when it shines. So that was my experience of, of the song. It just um, really felt, yeah, like something that we've all seen because we've we know it within ourselves when we when when we do show up and we do walk the narrow path that alignment energy that is no monkey mind it's just like shh, i align and then that that movement happens is so godly and we see it all the times time with these creators and even you know people who are elite athletes and things like that you see that and you're you're thinking how can somebody run that gracefully, right? And then, but you can see there's a point where it's like it locks in, and there's such alignment, and then that's the, the movement of 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 that godly energy that's just, you know, it all else is it, it pales in comparison, right, <laughs> to that energy. Well, yeah, it's definitely a song about. It gives an insight to strength that's required of these performers and musicians that uh, I think most of us, we, yeah, don't, we don't have a clue. We take it for granted. It, it is hard work being a touring musician, especially when you're, you're pouring everything you've got into your work. Again, that Beethoven quote is basically what they do. They, they not only practice your art, but, Force your way into its secrets for its knowledge and raise men to the divine. When you're, when you're practicing alchemy, I mean, this song, it, it's, it just requires a lot of strength. Anyway, I'm really, really grateful for uh, these warriors of, of, of music. It's, we are the beneficiaries of a lot of sacrifice and hard work. And this song kind of speaks to some of that. Pardon me, will you consider a few declarations? Your words are very powerful and important. They build floods of manifesting energy within you. So I encourage you to repeat the declaration after me. Go east, cast your nets on the right side of the boat. Find your flow within the right hemisphere of your brain. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Allow your mind to be renewed and affirm yourself with me now. I now draw from the abundance of the spheres my immediate and endless supply. All channels are free. All doors are open. I do not resist this situation. I put it in the hands of infinite love and wisdom. Let the divine idea now come to pass. I have perfect confidence in God and God has perfect confidence in me. I am harmonious, happy and divinely magnetic and now draw to me my ships over a calm sea
T2G Foundation aims to help any initiate with any resources or truth-seeking opportunities that may have financial barriers. If you are interested in a book or taking a class or researching something, but are limited in your pursuit because of a financial obstacle, please write to T2G in less than 100 words and be specific with your request. T2G assesses all opportunities and will provide financial assistance when alignment is confirmed. Email t2g at litjshow.com.